Hey there, I'm Jennifer Thompson, and today we have a special treat for you. I will be doing an interview for Warwick's of La Jolla. Warwick's is one of the oldest bookstores in the nation, and it is fantastic. If you have a chance to go visit, I recommend it. In fact, buy all of their books. Every book they have is good, including this one. All right, let's listen. you have writing this book? Um, so much fun. I could tell. Uh, yeah, you can tell. <laughs> it was strangely fun. And, um, and I didn't expect that because everybody always said writing is so hard. And I, I think I have to admit that I think writing songs is, was harder in some way than the feeling of just, maybe it's because I always collaborated and, and it wasn't that the collaborators were difficult in any way. It was just the process was different. Mm. And I'd always been a reader since I was a little girl. I love disappearing into fiction, whether in a film or, or a story within a song. Songs have stories within them and, um, and of course, novels. And so since early childhood, that was my favorite place to escape to. And now with audiobooks, I, I'm, always, I'm always either... Even if I'm just cooking or washing the dishes, I have the audiobook on, and then I'll go back to the e-reader, and there's always a story. I think part of it is a coping mechanism, just so I don't ruminate about my own problems or worries. <laughs> I just, I, the minute I catch myself doing that, I'm like, grab the the Kindle or, you know, pick up the book. Escape. Or, yeah, it's escapist. Let's yeah. just admit it. Yeah. I, 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 it is. Yeah. But I guess it's like a safe form of, you know, escaping into something that you actually learn from and yeah. i think yeah so that's and that's, this bird has flown in such an escape because it's love sex yeah. rock and roll and it's all you know, those it's all of those things. fun things that you get to do yeah and, and there's no shame in any of it it's no. wonderful did you always want to be a novelist did you know this was in your future how did this come to be um well i think i did i mm. think because i was uh, always a reader um, and again, that love of disappearing into fiction. But it was, I think I found a couple of notebooks from 1989. I'd started something as mm. the bangles were winding down. Um, but it was not really in earnest, you know, it was just a, an idea. And then um, I had written, I'd actually co-written a whole bunch of screenplays. And a lot of them were optioned by movie studios, but then they kind of languished mm. in the studio system. They kind of get stuck in development hell. And it, on those <laughs> projects, I wrote with other people. Mm -hmm. And um, it was really fun. And I loved, just like with songwriting, I loved the collaboration. And it wasn't until I had just uh, found out that a script that I wrote actually with Jay's writing partner, Larry Stuckey, um, and Warner Brothers had bought it, that again, it got stuck in development hell and shelved. And um, our older son, Jackson, just said, Mom, you know, I was kind of bereft after that happened. I thought, all oh, this, I spent a year and a half or more living, breathing the story, only to know that it might never see the light of day. Mm. And um, our older son, Jackson, said, Mom, why don't you write a novel? Mm. And I, there was a big pregnant pause, and I'm like, yeah, why don't I? You know, <laughs> why don't I? So, he go, so then it was spring break that year, and we went to New York to see some theater, and our, my son Sam, Jay and my son Sam was with us. And during that whole week, I kept crafting my sort of the plot line, the storyline of 
And then when we were flying back, Jackson said, okay, enough about telling me, pitching me your storyline. Tomorrow, mom, I want you to wake up in the morning, open your computer, stare at the blank page and just start. And I was like, okay, okay, really kid. good advice. Good advice. And that's what yeah. I did. And I wrote a couple pages. They're not the same as the opening of of the spirit has flown the current, you know, this version that's been published. But um, I, I wrote about two pages and then I had my mom and dad come over. I needed witnesses. I needed <laughs> witnesses. So I had my mom, my dad, Jackson and Sam and Jay over. And I was like, okay, I'm going to read to you guys what I wrote. Um, they really enjoyed those first few pages. And then, then I was off to the races. Then it was like put on the red shoes like that film and I couldn't stop dancing. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, did it, it did it suddenly, did it take shape right out of the gate? Did, did you have any like course correction or tell us about um, the process? Gosh, it was yeah. over a period of years. So okay. one of the things that helped, I mean, I didn't really have it all figured out, to be honest. Um, it was strange. And I, I don't know because this is my first book. And so other writers in the house, you might know. And of course, you might know. Um, it was like I would go on a walk in the morning and I would listen to music as I always do. Mm. And I knew enough about the protagonist and a, a, sort of basic ideas, but the songs would sort of, mm. it was a, it was trigger this, almost this feeling like a movie screen had come down and I was watching the story of the book. Mm. And the characters would literally start talking and I would stop by the side of the road and take my phone and email myself what they were saying because I learned the hard way that if I thought, oh, that's such a good idea, I'll never forget that. I immediately would you forget totally it. You totally forget it. Totally yeah. forget yeah. it. So <laughs> Everyone I got it. in this habit of um, leaving post-it notes or an, an paper and a pen by the bed because I started dreaming about the story. Like the story wouldn't let me go. It became, mm. yeah, it was so strange. For years, this was the case that the, the story would just appear to me how many years did it take? It was like, um, I mean, to be honest, I, I'm a little embarrassed to say how long it took, but mm. there were other things that intervened in my life. It wasn't like I had every day of these years, but I started the book in 2015. I started so, it. That is not a long time. Okay. So you're clear. Okay, Everyone good. in the room is like, ha, 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 ha. And oh, then, yeah. you knew. <laughs> and then it took until, the, and then when Little Brown bought the book in, yeah. in May of 2021, things really started to ramp up. But even then, um, when I finally got a book agent, because a friend of mine who's a novelist pried this giant manuscript out of my hand and said, <laughs> she read it overnight, which oh, she wow. must have stayed up all night reading. And she's like, you've got to get this to an agent. I'm like, but is it ready? And she says, Aww. yes. That's but I awesome. needed that push from a dear friend. Mm -hmm. So thank you to Margaret Stoll for that. Nice. Yeah. Let's talk about Jane. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I love Jane. One of my favorite things about Jane is she's an anachronism. Yeah. Right? So yeah. she's 33. Yeah. She's in our modern world, but yeah. she's so an 80s girl. Do you think? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't know <laughs> that. Anyone? Anyone? Okay, maybe it's because I'm, I'm an 80s girl. That. I guess I, well, I clearly but she, am. But <laughs> honestly, it's like 60s, 70s, 80s, yeah. 90s. Like she is, like the cultural touch points, like run the gamut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. talk to us more about like how much fun you had, like just pulling from your favorite everything to create Jane. Well, the, I mean, early on in the, in the book, I was wondering what her job should be in life. And I toyed with the idea of actress because, mm. you know, 
living with Jay. We're about to celebrate her 30th. Wait, she wasn't always a musician. She, for a second, she was an actress, maybe. <laughs> maybe more than a second, like okay. for a few days. But then I thought, I have this opportunity, having been in the music business and being a musician, too. I, I make a distinction between the music business and being a musician, by the way, um, I, that I could pull from, I, I knew what that would feel like. I knew that wh wherever I put this character, wherever I moved her on the, mm. in the little board inside my imagination, like a game board, um, she was going to, you know, I would understand what the feelings would be. I liked that she was, I wanted her to be someone who, whose emotions are very close to the surface mm. because I just thought that was fun to write about. I like how much she loves people. Mm. She loves connecting with people. She does it sometimes a little too quickly and a little too easily, mm. and that gets her into trouble. Mm -hmm. She has a really open heart, and so therefore her heart gets broken as well because she just, you know, doesn't see something coming that, you know, something in a person's character, a flaw or something that will, you know, her heart you know, is big, but it's easily broken. So that was a character aspect that I thought I could write about. Mm -hmm. um, and she has a really great friend group, too. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of elements, and I don't want to give spoilers because you guys probably, most of you have not read the book, so we'll be really careful not yeah, we'll to be, spoil we'll surprises for you. But but we can talk about the sex scenes. Oh yeah, the sex scenes. There's lots of them. I would have just written like all sex scenes. And I, I know. I was like, devices. yeah, erotica all the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. It was practically erotica. I loved. Oh, it was. Was yeah. it? Oh yeah. Okay, good. Because it was. Let me just say, it was for me. Oh nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, good for Jay. I remember writing stuff and just feeling like, wait. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> writing sex scenes is hard. I hey, love, I love. Hard in what way? Oh. <laughs> well, it depends on who's writing it. I didn't actually. <laughs> it was an unintentional pun. But it's no, absolutely. Well, no, I, I it was actually it. like a gift from it was, heaven. That was a total gift. Like, yeah, but. Yeah. What I love most about Jane is she's like so liberated and sexually sure. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the women in the room, my, you know, in my era, it wasn't okay to to like sex. Yeah. To oh. be okay with sex, right? Oh. And, like, if you liked sex, maybe there was something wrong with you or you were... Well, I was raised by a psychoanalyst, so well, everything was like yeah. about sex and death and, you know, yeah, themes. Yeah, she was just incredibly confident yeah. in, you know, in her womanhood, right, which I love. I think so, yeah. I think she's very... Um, um, she feels every little thing very intensely, in including sex. Including yeah. sex, as one yeah. should. Yeah, yeah, Now, her insecurities were about her voice, so... Well, it wasn't about performing. her voice performing. She, ha she suffers from the old stage fright. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so for her to... I mean, and, I, and this is something that I can share as a singer, and it's not something that you, you kind of internalize these things when you've been playing music for, for decades. So the book was a kind of fun um, excuse to kind of unpack how it all works. Yeah. So, but I know, um, so when I'm dreaming of Jane walking out onto a stage, and, and just like I'm looking out at this audience, which is you guys, <laughs> And you're staring at me, and I'm staring at you, and I'm like, if and and I'm the part of tonight that is the most scary for me is picking up that thing over there called oh, a guitar and singing. But no, yeah. that's scarier than chatting about the book. There's just like a weird little moment where you have to kind of 
like flip a switch and mm. go, okay, now you have to, um, despite feeling nervous, to, despite having people staring, <laughs> not, not in a bad way, I'm not, I'm not criticizing. Um, <laughs> no, but you, you're in front of an audience and you have to somehow relax into this other thing and be comfortable with it. It's just, it's just a, like a transition moment. So I was able to write about that in the book. And you did such a good job. Thank you. There were times when I was so stressed out for Jane because Me of her too. procrastination. Oh, yeah. I, I was know. like, oh, my God, you have got to start writing. I know. And she would start to, and there's always something that comes up. I and know. as a writer, yeah. I know this feeling. Oh, yeah. And I would get really stressed out for her. Uh, me too. <laughs> me too. I, I worried a lot for her, and yeah. I cared about all the characters too. I, 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 I'm like the mother of all the characters in a way. I, I, they're like my children or they something. Totally so are. you know, yeah. So I, I was worrying about all of them, and I love writing characters that you, in quotes, love to hate. Mm -hmm. I love writing about people with, like, about dysfunction because it's a human thing. We're Indeed. we're flawed yeah. by nature, and it's our flaws that make us interesting in a way. Mm -hmm. And so those. There are some characters in the book that I had endless fun. Mm. Um, I, I don't want to give too much away and say when she gets to this place or that place, she meets these people. But she meets a lot of people in this journey that she's on in the book. And um, there were some that were just so fun to write because they were so, um, I don't know what the word is, sort of pompous or yeah, egotistical yeah. or loudish you know well and it feels very true to the music industry too like yeah. some of these egos in the book oh, yeah. i imagine are based yeah there's on a, a rock star character who's quite complicated <laughs> right yes <laughs> complicated yes. of course the question is who is it but no no we won't ask that <laughs> well yeah that's a good question i think um uh it takes many people to make a character indeed don't you think totally written, so yeah. you you draw from this person or that person mm -hmm. You make it up in your imagination. Um, I did have a mood board sometimes that I would look at just for how to describe the shape of a face or... Cool. You know, that was yeah. fun. Just for a little inspo. I love it. Yeah. Talk about your writing space and your writing process. Well, it's basically I'm in my pajamas all day. Nice. I don't care <laughs> who knows it. Now you guys do. It's like you don't have to go out of the house. Mm -hmm. You don't have to dress up for any anybody maybe i should change that and like put a suit on when i write at home <laughs> barefoot no I, but i wonder if it would change the story i probably i'm surely it would yeah. yeah i might try that but anyway um <laughs> so i would just be really comfortable and i have my coffee maker right there my coffee machine was like my friend during all of it and um i would you were you were asking about the process of it and the writing space. Oh like, my space! Like yes, yes, write? yes. So I moved around the house. There was a period of time where I wrote at the kitchen table mm. that worked for a while, and then I stood at the kitchen island. But then I ended up writing at a little folding card table, a, a crappy little card table, and I had a chair that was really uncomfortable that has a bunch of blankets on it. <laughs> it's really not fancy. And then Jay set me up with an external monitor because my head was like this all the Good time man. on my laptop. And then I like go, oh, I've been sitting there like yeah. that for six hours. Yeah. So I could look at the screen there and my fingers would be doing that. Nice. And uh, it helped. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> Thank you, Jay. It really helps to have a supporter 
yeah. you know, who's there to leave you alone when you need it, yeah. to bring you coffee or an extended monitor when you need yeah. it. In this case, the, the monitor. Makes a big difference. I was good with the coffee making it myself. But yes, keep going. <laughs> but to have that person who like lets you... Because I think writing is, you know, it's so insular, right? Yeah. It's all you and your head with your characters. And, yeah. And you're on the, on the page boyfriend. Yeah, I know. Right? Yes. <laughs> How much... So cool. So toward the end of the process, I imagine you really started the editing process. Talk oh, to us yeah. about that. I had some good readers. And I was very scared to share my manuscript. Finally, my friend Margaret Stoll, who's a YA novelist primarily... She just insisted, and she read it overnight. Mm. And she said, you have to send this to a, um, a literary agent. And, and I said, well, I don't know any. She goes, how about the one that I work with? And Sarah Burns had come from editing herself. Mm. She is based in New York. She edited the book The Lovely Bones, for example, which is a great book. Yeah. And so Sarah, Sarah, on my 60th birthday, so this is several years back, um, my son Jackson, the one who had compelled me to get going on it, he offered to take it out in the pouring rain in LA to the FedEx for me and Sarah got it. Because nice. I was having lunch with Belinda Carlisle from the Go-Go's that day <laughs> on, my, on my birthday, That's on awesome. that momentous, scary birthday. Um, so Sarah got it the next day, read it overnight, mm. and then wanted to, she happened to be visiting her, one of her kids who was in LA because she's based in New York, said, let's get together. So I thought that was a good sign, but I had a recording session on an album I was working on, so I couldn't. But because I knew Jay and I were heading to New York for a little visit there, um, I ended up flying with Jay to New York, and then I met her at her office, and it was a very momentous, very freezing January day. Um, and I was like, I, I cried a little tear as I was heading to the, the office, a, lit, a literary agency office, to meet um, an agent who really liked my book. After all those solitary years alone working on it and afraid to let it out of my hands because I didn't think it was ready to share. Yeah. And we, she took me to this really, like where all the authors go with their literary agents. And it was all like very, it was almost like from the 1950s or something. It was a, a, an experience of, in my mind, it, it felt like that. And it just went from there. She, Sarah had been such a good editor. So mm. she had really great notes. And, and then eventually, Little Brown, we went out to publishers and she warned me, the week you go out, you, it's crickets. You don't hear anything. So don't panic. Don't freak <laughs> out. But by about Wednesday of that week, or I, I called her and I said, I am freaking out a little. <laughs> I'm freaking out. Like, what's happening? And she said, just, she said, and then, and then, then she started to get, like, feedback. And Judy Klain, who had uh, edited... Julie and Julia, Where'd You Go, Bernadette, uh, uh, so many great novels, um, uh, who's now the head of, one of the head editors, at, editor-in-chief, I think, at Little Brown. She was reading the book, and, and I got this intel that she was loving it. Awesome. And I was sitting with Margaret, who, who was the one who put me with Sarah, and she just started to cry, and I said, why are you crying? She goes, Judy Klein is reading your book. I, because I know music people, but I, I didn't know Judy Klein. I right, didn't right. know what that meant. right. Um, and then it just went from there. I had my first Zoom was with Little Brown, and then they just the next day made me a preemptive offer, and I, I just it, they clearly loved the book, and I just awesome. wanted to be with someone who loved it. 
genuinely. And so it's yeah. just been a wonderful ride since then. I wanted to ask you how different the publishing industry has been to the music industry, because a lot of people compare the two. Yeah. And how has it been for you? Well, it's been very different. It's a very different world. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, I don't think of myself in the music business much anymore because I've been so indie about what I do. I think because I found the music business so daunting. Mm. And kind of hard to navigate. Not not to say I didn't have work with amazing people. It's just, you know, I don't know how to explain it. It's um, you feel it's hard to have maintain your voice in a certain way. And I, of course, I was in a band, and even after that, as a solo artist, it was just kind of school of hard knocks coming off of the Bangles sure. ride. You know, yeah. which is fine. That's how you. It's you not always just rolling out the red carpet you know it can be a, more of a struggle and the and times have changed so much it's so much easier now with social media instagram tiktok people can make their own way they don't even need a record company you know it's right. um it's much better environment i think for indie, <clears throat> indie artists and and i always had a diy um kind of aspect to how I did everything, even those early Bangles gigs, the flyers I used to make, mm -hmm. um, finding my bandmates through an ad that I placed, putting flyers around town. It's always felt most comfortable to me. Yeah. But Little Brown has been an amazing home. Nice. Yeah. You've also just released an album. Yeah, I know. It's, it's been so quite weird. <laughs> it's, all it's all coming out at the same time. <laughs> I guess the pandemic, because writing, you could just stay home and you, you need to do the work on revisions and things like that. Um, I, I found a way to bubble up with the great Peter Asher, who re-produced re, uh, James Taylor and Linda Ronstadt albums and ran Apple Records when the Beatles first created Apple Records and was in the band Peter and Jeremy's, an icon in the music business. He reached out to me in the like the darkest days of the pandemic and said, let's make a record. And I nice. was like, I'm there. Okay. And your backing band was, was Mellow Mafia? Well, yeah, they have the... a lot of different names. <laughs> they, they, they were the band that played on the, like so many records of the 70s, mm -hmm. like Linda Ronstadt records. is Russ Kunkel on drums, Leland Sklar on bass, yeah. Danny Korchmar and Wadi Wachtel on yes. guitars. Um, yeah, it was just an infamous, And awesome. it's beautiful, too. Thank you. Really, really Thank beautiful. you so much. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of beautiful, does anyone here want to hear her play? Oh! Just a thought. Yeah, okay. Okay, this is the scary part. Bang, bang. We always like to start out with a bang. Yeah. Well, speaking of the new album... Speaking of, does Jane play a Rickenbacker? Um, actually, in the book... Oh, no, no, that was, that was the film. So Universal bought the rights, so I've just written the screenplay, and now I'm getting confused between the version oh, wow. of the book. Congratulations. Yeah, in the book, there's, there's the, the movie is different. The screenplay has to be a little different okay. than, the, than the book. But um, you were asking, does Jane play? A Rickenbacker. Uh, I never wrote, I, never, I don't think that's expressly um, written in the book. It's, it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is a song from the new album, but um, it's a Rolling Stones song, and I thought, and I love the Rolling Stones, 
And I, I love the Beatles, of course, but I also love the Rolling Stones. And I was, I've listened to the song a million times, but somewhere along the journey of working on the book and going on my walks and listening to music, I hit me about the lyrics of this song. And I thought that they were due for um, a little bit of a revision to use book speak. So let's see, let me get the tempo on. Un, let's see. Wait, what cafe am I? Okay, yeah. Under my thumb, the boy who once had me down. Under my thumb, the boy who once pushed me around. It's down on me. Yes, it is. The difference in the clothes he wears under me. The change has come, he's under my thumb. That's right. Listen, under my thumb, he's a squirming dog who's just had his day. Under my thumb, a boy who has just changed his ways. It's down on me. Yes, it is. The difference in the clothes he wears down to me. The change has come. He's under my thumb. And it's all right. Okay, that's that one. <laughs> And that's on the latest album, The Deep. Yes. That yeah. song is on the in the, on the the record. I'll just stick this over here. I think the the music in the book is one of the best parts, right? So the name's a lot of the the chapters. Yes. Did those come from your walks or like those Yeah. A lot of that came from my walks and the playlist I was listening to and I realized um there was a kind of almost a poetic association I was having between how much Jane loves music, how much she listens to music, how people in the book that she meets also love music, and how love and music and love of music, I, I mean, on the opening thing, uh, the opening, um, what do you call it, dedication, it's to, 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 let's see, to music lovers and lovers everywhere. Nice. Yeah. And Jay, you're not offended that I didn't dedicate to you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> He's a lover. He, He's he a lover, counts. yeah. Mm. And a music lover. Exactly. But yeah, so we, as, as I went along in the writing, and so much of it just ideas that pop into your mind, I began to realize that I could use songs um, as chapter headings. Mm -hmm. So that was super, super fun. Yeah. And then I would listen to the songs. Like there's one that's Sexual Healing, Marvin Gaye. Yeah. And I just like, every time, it just delighted me <laughs> that I had a chapter heading called Sexual Healing. And I could hear the Marvin Gaye song in my head. And I was like, wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. It was so fun. Is there a playlist somewhere on Oh, Spotify? yeah. It's on my Spotify. All right. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know yeah. we're all going to be listening. Yeah. To please go to my Spotify and find the, the This Bird is Flown playlist. So did your publisher had to get rights to for the copyright? You know, no, not for song, not for song titles. You only have to do it if you use a lyric. Mm. That's a cool thing. <laughs> and the title you can have. 
Okay. Yeah, this is something, thank God, or I would have been like in deep shit. I mean, think Very about, deep shit, yeah. Think about it, <laughs> how much that would cost. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. I was like, wow. A title is separate okay. from like, if you want to use a, a, like a, a verse or a chorus from it, that's a different thing. I wanted to be able to break into song on the audiobook because Jane starts breaking into song. And that was sad because you're not allowed to do that. You can't do that. No. I want to be like, in Spain, in Spain, you know, when she's singing <laughs> yeah, yeah. My Fair Lady. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, so I did it for you guys. But I didn't do it very well. I mean, when I was rewriting it, I'd do it as I was writing. Sometimes I would read aloud to see if things were working. Nice. Yeah. And you recorded your audiobook. I did. Very cool. And, and, a, and an audio reader that I love who had read the Jane Eyre that changed my life because the language is quite antiquated and very dense. Mm -hmm. And Juliet Stevenson, who's an actress, a British actress, she, um, she, her reading of Jane Eyre really blew my mind because it, 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 it just suddenly I, I got past the antiquated language in part and I could see that Rochester, Mr. Rochester and Jane were actually sparring and, mm -hmm. and teasing each other rather than, than him being kind of a dick. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, he's a bit arrogant. Yeah. You know, some... and, and kind of, yeah, I mean, he's a complicated character. <laughs> so, but she brought out this side of him where, where Jane's holding her own and they're sparring. And it's like a tango they're doing. And I just, the language had been too, too old fashioned for me to sort of get through to it. But her rendering of it changed. Yeah, so that a reader can make a difference. Well, how did the book setting end up being in London anyway? Well, in Oxford. Yes. Well, we don't want to give too much away, but the characters meet. But you, I mean, how did you land on oh, having the yes. characters in Oxford? Well, that's tied to the last question, actually, okay. because um, I wanted to have, because Jane Eyre and to some extent the book Rebecca, which is a very Jane Eyre-esque story, mm -hmm. the, the, um, the, the, I, I like the idea of kind of a gothic setting from a gothic, from these two gothic romances. So I thought the city of Oxford itself in England, I, um, Jackson, the son who, you know, compelled me to get going on the book, he was doing an abroad program at, program at Oxford mm. and I visited him and I took in the sights and sounds and feel of that city and I went wow this mm. could be the gothic setting that I need even awesome. though it's a, a book set in modern time very cool yeah very cool yeah Julie yeah. how much time do we have do you think we have one more question then we'll go to Robbie one more question yeah. that's okay do, can we expect more books from Susanna Ha? Absolutely. I've got the, the, I, I'm, I'm addicted now. I'm nice. addicted. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you for writing this wonderful book. Thank you. I hope you guys have enough, enough copies for everyone in this room to walk away with this wonderful book. So thank you so thank much. Thank you. <laughs> Did you, there we you're go. about to have your 30th wedding anniversary? Yeah, mm. April 17th. Really? Yes. Right. Hey. Right. Thanks. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> what do your kids think of the actual, the final copy? Or 
Well, I don't know that they've read it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those, those brats. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know that they have. No, Jay's shaking. Jay's going, oh. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I hope they it's must be cool. Proud of you, it might though. be a little weird for them because some yeah. of the things, some of the things, oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> what, ja what? Yeah, Jackson, Sam's never read it, our younger kid. He's 24, right? Yeah. <laughs> he should be fine with it by now. Yeah. But Jackson read earlier drafts. Yeah, so we'll see. Good question. Gentleman in the back in the hat. I don't know what it's like to write a book, but writing music is always, or recording music is hard because the and general finished. For me, did you have a hard time knowing that the book was finished at some point? Or? Yeah, it's such an interesting question because you have to walk away while the paint is still wet in a certain way. And I kept telling myself that, but I'm still. I'm oh. still like, should I have used that verb or that verb? Like, I'm still yeah. like, I'm. St it's very hard to let go, mm -hmm. I'm finding. But now that it's this, you know, and it's it's an actual, <laughs> an actual baby book, yeah, um, I, I, I kind of have to. Mm -hmm. And I have this, the good news is because I get to work on the screenplay, for, for Universal, I have another chance to still at least live with the characters and be in their world and enjoy them because I enjoy them so much. Well, it begs the question, will, will Jane have another Well, I would like her to. I would like her to. I'm toying with the idea of, um, I got the, the wonderful opportunity to meet Taylor Jenkins Reid, who wrote Daisy and the Six, and we went out to lunch, and it was so fun chatting with her. Um, and I know, you know, I'd mostly read that book and I just started Malibu Rising, but she does a thing where she does prequels and then the characters mm. wind up. There's some way that she weaves them in again. And so, because I've only really had read Daisy and the Six and now I'm starting one and I, I'm sensing that Malibu Rising leads to characters that will later yet so um, <laughs> I would like to do something where I could keep a few of my characters somehow involved yeah, in the awesome. story. Yeah, awesome. I, I, I saw everyone so um, vividly except for Jane. I kept her kind of a blank slate for myself. Mm. I don't know why. That's so strange because you would have thought it was the other way around. And I would... I think I mentioned I had this mood board with just faces. So when I'd be writing about the shape of a face or just some aspect, I just, every once in a while, they mostly were, I saw them somehow kind of blurrily in my imagination. But um, there were certain actors that came to mind. <laughs> that, um, yeah, uh, yeah, that I kind of cast them in my mind. Because like I said, I kind of visualized the story unfolding I kind of watched it like a movie mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in my mind. I could see where Tom's flat was. I could see the neighbor who lives downstairs. I could see a pub that they go to. I could see, uh, yeah, I just, you just paint the pictures in your mind. Does that make you excited for casting or like? Oh, no. Very, very, very excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very. <laughs> yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Hi, Susanna. Hi. David, nice to meet you. Nice to meet um, you, too. So I just wanted to first say that 
listening to you, the bangles, your music really helped me get through the pandemic. Um, I'm curious what music got you through that time, that 2020, and if that time had a specific impact on the book, considering it was released. 2021 oh well when they bought it little brown bought it but then it would yes so now it's just come out last week um well music is everything i always say music is the beginning middle and end of every day for me no matter what Mm -hmm. like um it's a coping mechanism it's a drug but a really, really safe drug, yeah. you know? So I can I have songs for when I'm sad and when I'm happy and when I need to be brave. And and people in, people throughout the course of my life, actually, Jay, what's the name of the guy who works on Succession? Um, the One of the producers? The really tall guy. No? Oh, you mean the actor? No. <laughs> He's like a... Oh. I once told him, no, 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 no. It's the guy. Scott Ferguson. Yeah, I think Scott Ferguson. I somehow I was once at a a a movie biz party. H maybe Jay's saying an HBO party, and he I was saying that I always listen to um, this a certain song when I have to go do something that I'm scared to do. Mm. Um, It might have been Spirit in the Sky. You know that song? Yeah, yeah, Norman Greenbaum. And Jane does this on the plane. Yeah, well, the, I wanted to share. This is, and, and Jay did it for the first time. Oh, nice. So <laughs> I'll play you a little bit. So there's the whole idea of like interweaving song titles and song cues and the characters all love music. So this is a little something that I've been doing for ever since I was able to. When I get on a plane, I do a lucky tap. I gave Jane this thing on the outside of the plane, but also when when Jane when the plane is taking off, Jane has a song that she really depends on to listen to. It's like a, a total ritual that she can't get on a plane and fly without. So this is the song that she listens to. I'll play you a little bit of it. Can you hear it? I want to. That is Shab. (laughs) (laughs) And Jay did it for the first time ever. I I listened to this on the flight here. Can you hear it? A little bit, yeah. Everyone loves it. I know. And it's really cool. Just wait for the, when the flutes, when the flutes come in, that's right when the wheels lift up. It's amazing how it times. Seriously. And you sort of feel like, yeah, everything's going to be away. Yeah. Be okay. Yeah. Even, even if the plane's kind of bouncing, this gets me through. Nice. And of course, when the lyrics come in, shafts the, you know, the, this, the, the, start a movement. I, I, well, I started a movement without knowing it that I did this lucky tap on the outside of the plane before I crossed. Yeah. Well, just on the skin of the plane. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, just three taps. And this was something I did all through the 80s. And somehow it got spread around in the music community (laughs) of L.A. to do this tapping thing. But then cut to decades later, I'm at an HBO party and um, Lena Dunham and and Girls, the show Girls is like really popular at the time, winning all these awards. And Jenny Connor who's the co-creator or the producer or something um, with Lena Dunham says to Lena Dunham. And I'm kind of in awe that, that I'm meeting at them at this party. And she's like, should I tell Susanna about the thing? And she's like, what thing? And she goes, oh yeah, just go tell her. She goes, so apparently through 
Various musicians, they do the tap, those of us who are a little afraid of flying, but they say my name three times. Oh. So they say, Susanna Hoff, Susanna Hoff, Susanna Hoff. <laughs> and so people now have come up to me and say, you know, I, you know, say your name every time I get on a plane and do the lucky tap thing. So it was just kind of a funny, funny moment that that I had no idea. I think it's better that way. I think so too. It was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Yeah, let's get a question from the back because I haven't. We haven't gotten anywhere back here. You sir? Okay, you're up. Um, delightful evening, by the way. Thank First you. All, I'll say that. Uh, 1984 Bengals at San Diego State University. You, I'm, you were everywhere, so. Do you remember seeing me there? I was way <laughs> Third row back. Yeah. I'm glad you were there. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Was it a good show? Is it okay? It was awesome. Really? Was spectacular. 84. Yeah, 84. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. So, um, <laughs> the question, is Jay involved in the movie also? That, well, we don't like, know that oh, yet. We that don't, no, no, really no, no, no. Cool. It, it, well, then I could just tell him exactly what he was supposed to do. <laughs> that could get ugly. <laughs> no, I think the camera should be over here. <laughs> and I think he should be over the shoulder on Jane as she's looking. No, uh, no, I, I, if, only if Jay wants to. I, I know I would be in safe hands with him because he's such a badass filmmaker. He's so talented. Yay, Jay. You, sir? Well, I'm on doing the book tour. Um, I, I, I would like to, um, you mean with the bangles or music? Um, I would love to. I've just been so busy. But um, I think that would be very fun because there's been a little bit of music at some of these events. Um, it was an excuse to sing and play a bit. Um, yeah, I'd love to do that. Actually, I'd love to do it in one of those in in a more acousticky way, mm. where it's like storytelling and talking, and you know, kind of a little bit different from just going out on the stage and just being loud and and just playing music and not having not. I like the intimacy of this kind of event. I yeah. really do. It's nice. It's really nice. Yeah. It humanizes the experience. It does. Lot, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, part of me somewhere deep inside me would love to write the songs that that are mentioned in the book, like not not just the 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 ones that are chapter headings, but the ones that Jane start the protagonist is the, the, like the songs that we end up you know, talking about a, lo a lot in the book. So yeah. I, I do have a goal of that. And now that I'm sort of at this phase, it keeps coming up like n that now I actually have a, a beat to just kind of try to write those two songs. Very cool. Yeah, and so that's a challenge, but may the best song win. If somebody else, <laughs> you know, I, I want those songs to be so good and, <clears throat> and catchy and moving that I'll take the best song, whatever, whoever writes it. Did you ever start to hear that song she's working on in your head? Did it come to you? It's well, I had like little kind of inklings of it, mm. but but again, just even with um, some of the characters, I I had a really strong vis visualization of them, and others were more amorphous. Many of the characters really were very much pi I pictured them mm. pretty distinctly, um, and I I know what I want the songs to evoke, 
but I don't, I don't have like, I'm not there yet. It's the next challenge. Nice. Great question. We had a, yes, you, sir. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Oh, no, no, no. It's okay. no. He's been okay. waiting for uh, that. I wanted to ask you how different, and I hear it is, uh, how different is screenwriting from the novel? And did someone help you with screenwriting? No, I mean, I, I had um, someone help me with the final draft program, just the physical using, use, using of it, because it's unlike novel writing. You don't, you can't get into a flow with final draft because you have to pull down character, transition, mm. action. It's like so, mm. it's, there's no way to really feel the flow that you can, experience from writing. Cause I know you write yeah. novels and nonfiction, but like when you're just, there's no, I mean, I wasn't even worrying about where to put a paragraph. <laughs> indent i in my first writing of the book i was really just kind of gushing out what i was hearing the characters say it was it's way less formal than writing a screenplay sure i'll say that yeah so go ahead so you, come back to you you wouldn't mind taylor swift or like <laughs> justin bieber Oh, that would be good. That would be good. I mean, may the best song win. I mean, that's it, where right? I'm at with it. Yeah, yeah. And if somebody, a great songwriter, songwriters like that, wanted to send me something, I'm I'm all ears. I was gonna say we need to put out a challenge. Yes, that's a good idea. That's a really good idea. On the illustration of the cover. That's such a good question. So when I heard that Judy Klein, who's the senior editor at Little Brown. Um, the day that Jay will remember in May when I got this um, offer from from Little Brown unexpectedly, I went I I just to do my homework like I like to do. Hmm. I googled Maria Semple who wrote Where'd You Go Bernadette and Judy Klein, and up popped an article about from Mar Mar Maria had written about her experience of seeing her cover for Where'd You Go Bernadette for the first time, and I'm reading this really lovely essay that she wrote about um, how Judy had just had this like kind of amorphous kind of cool conversation with her, just kind of picking Maria's brain about what she was, if she was visualizing anything for the cover since Judy had edited the book. And they had this conversation. Judy was like, yeah, okay. Got, was able to take, Maria's, whatever she was throwing at Judy for her uh, inspirations for the cover, cut to a few weeks go by or however long it was, and then she gets this email, oh, and it sweet. says, your book cover, and nice. my subject line, or something <laughs> like that, and she, her hands started shaking. I'm just reenacting what I read in this article, but I'm picture, I was really picturing it and thinking, whoa, that will be me someday. I'll go through the same experience. So she was too afraid to open it, per if my memory serves. She went over to where her husband was working in the house, and she she opened it, but it. She, they looked at it together, and boom, there was that colorful, where'd you go, Bernadette, with the big glasses, glasses and yeah. it was like an iconic cover. So the day came when my cover, I, the, the, I opened the thing, and it says, your book cover. And yeah, it was, and I, Jay, you weren't there that day. I was like <laughs> looking all over for you, but I had to do it alone. I had to, I had to click on the, the picture alone. And, and basically that's what popped up. Nice. And I, I was like, 
wow, what a crazy color green. That's so cool. And this and that. Very tiny changes were made. Like the lipstick was red and it I had to be ask. pink. Yeah, it had to be pink. Because there's a whole run about <laughs> Jane and there are certain, she kind of categorizes people who, there's a certain kind of person who can pull up, pull off bright red lipstick. I've never personally been one of them. <laughs> but, you know, there are people who really can work red lipstick. So, but I just knew that, that like Jane, I didn't think red was right because she went on, in the book on this whole run about totally. red lipstick yeah. girls. Yeah. And so it had to be pink. But so they changed it to pink. You know, and that, that was, was my a, first thought was, oh, they got the lipstick right. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 because the because the person who made the cover may have read excerpts from yeah. the b- book, but didn't know that you know Jane wouldn't re- wear re- red lipstick. She doesn't mm-hmm. feel that it suits her. Right. Um, so, but that was so easy to fix. Yeah. So, but basically, what you see is what I saw that day. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because you you don't visualize Jane, but yet. Your cover visual. I know. Totally. It works, doesn't it? We have time for one more question so that we can have books signed. Yes. You, sir. You and your band in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, we have to. Thank you. Thank you for for putting that into the universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've now attended the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice. Once was to induct the zombies, who I love. Awesome. Which was so fun, and I was really nervous, but it was... It was it was so fun at the party afterwards to see people that I hadn't seen since the '80s, like Brian May from the band Queen, yeah. Simon Le Bon, and um, yeah. John Taylor, and then reconnecting with John Taylor because we had so many fun adventures back in the '80s. <laughs> Our band and Duran Duran are so fun, and um, but you know I don't know. And then then the Go Go's got inducted, and I I I helped them out a little bit because there was. Um, you know, I just helped make that happen in, in my own little behind-the-scenes way. They were, their schedules were kind of messed up, and one mm. of the members wasn't sure she could make it. And then I just basically said, you can't miss this. Totally. You cannot miss this. Yeah. It's, having been there myself and known what a love fest it is, mm. just in the room with all your peers and musicians that you idolize, it was just, yeah. So it all worked out beautifully. In six years... Yeah, no, that would be fine. <laughs> I will be right. 70 then, but other than that. You're like, I want it sooner, please. Yeah, you pull that back a little, a little bit sooner than that. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for coming, and thank you, Susie. Thank you.